This is our campfire. I built it just for you. After that long day of adventure on the trail of yours, you can come to our campfire and pull up a log. There's room here for you. It's a safe space where you can take off your ponytail, you can take off your bra, and kick back into some comfortable clothes. We'll fill up your cup with, you know, an adult beverage. <laughs> and we can talk in the dark about the things that really matter. We can talk vulnerably. We can get real. Uh, it's safe here. Come join us. Hey, and welcome back to the Trill of Adventure podcast. Today, I have Kim Hamill with me. She is a weaver and weaving teacher from northern New Mexico, and she's been on a mission to bring back the ancient technology of the backstrap loom into the mainstream craft arena. Hey, thanks for having a conversation with me, Kim. Hi, Holly. I'm really glad to be here. Thanks. We are just talking. I, uh, I think we ran into each other on Instagram um, and I started following you and uh, checked out what you were doing with this backstrap loom. And it just captured my imagination about this ancient piece of technology and um, this piece of craft that, you know, has been lost and is kind of making this comeback. Mm -hmm. Well, I wouldn't really say it's been lost, actually. Um, you know, there are lots of people who use it around the world. Um, I, I'm definitely not the only one. It's it's not super um, widespread in like, um, what would I say, like first world modern crafty, you know, kind of world, but indigenous people still use this loom all over the world. Uh, and that, to me, that's what makes it so relevant. Like this is a technology as old as as humans are, as far as we can tell, and people are still using it, not just to bring it back, but because they always have, you know, so there's something about that. Yeah. So it's got a really long uh, traditional usage then. So um, can, how far back can you actually track it to at this point? Well, okay. I'm, I'm bad with dates and times, but, um, <laughs> I do know, <laughs> I, um, you know, it's thousands and thousands of years. And I do know that cloth has been bits of cloth have been found in, um, the fertile crescent area in the earliest human civilizations that are known to have existed when agriculture started. Um, and so those bits of cloth were woven certainly either on a backstrap loom or a simple frame loom. And the concept is very similar. It's just a real simple way to stretch out some threads and weave. And um, so I'm not sure what that is. It's something in the, in the um, BC, you know, time yeah. <laughs> way so back like, there. So long that we don't even know. Basically. Right. And um, sure. yeah. And, and, you know, to me, it's, um, it, it's like the, if people, if people today or anything like people were way back then, I think it had probably existed way before that, even, you know, as soon as people figured out that they could make bits of string with fiber of plants and um, animal fibers, I think they probably would have figured out how to string it around some sticks and weave with it. Um, so, 
you know, there's no way to know for sure. And to me, that's part of the magic of weaving is it just, it disappears with time. You know, it, it represents time to a lot of people, but it also disappears with time, which is how time kind of works. So. Yeah. So in terms of your story, like how did you fall into weaving and picked up weaving and really like, uh, you know, like, I think you're in this passionate love affair with it is like my sense of it. Like, how did that come to be? Um, well, I love this question because it, to me, it speaks to what, in my experience, a lot of people have that are weavers is just sort of this innate weaverness. <laughs> um, at, when I was a kid, I was always making things. I was sewing or, um, I was like really into macrame, you know, um, and I hadn't been exposed to weaving. So I didn't learn it until I was about 21 or 22. And, but I was always into fiber art. So it was just, it was just something I was born with, you know? And, um, and then once I learned to weave, I, I learned, um, here in Taos, New Mexico as an apprentice to a, a weaver named Rachel Brown, who, um, has passed away, but she was fairly well known around here for her weaving and her revival of the craft. And we were weaving on big um, Spanish walking looms, which are the, and um, so I was trained in the traditional Hispanic tradition of rug weaving and um, which is fascinating. And I did that for years as a production weaver. And then I just eventually I've just moved more and more towards simple looms and so that's why I, I'm really into this backstrap weaving thing. It's, it's interesting because it's such a simple piece of equipment, but it, it, it's actually more versatile than the more complicated big looms, which is, it's a weird, it's a, it, it's weird, <laughs> but it's true. Well, but sometimes simple is it's simple for a reason. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like sometimes like, especially in the modern world, we complicate a lot of stuff that is really very simple. So like that doesn't surprise me at all, but I'm really, really curious. What was like that first project? You know what I mean? Like there's always that one first project that kind of captures your attention, emotion. You're like, I don't know how to do this, but I'm going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, what comes to mind is the first project I did was actually on a Navajo style loom. Um, and it was, um, it's, I just remember I, I took a class and the teacher, you know, it was just a few days. So we only had time to do like half of it. So I had to roll up my weaving and bring it home with me. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I remember, um, I got pulled over for some reason on the way home and the police officer saw the rolled up thing on my, on the um, passenger seat, he was like, what is that? And I said, well, it's a weaving, I'm a weaver. And I just remember being flabbergasted that I was ready <laughs> to call myself a weaver already, but I was, and I was very clear. And um, so, so to get to your question of, I don't know how I'm going to figure this out. It was like, I had no equipment. I had no anything, but I just, I went home and I borrowed some tools and I built myself a little frame and I finished that weaving. And, um, it, it was just very, very clear right then that that was, that was for me and it was going to be a huge part of my path. 
So I've been ever since I've been trying to figure out what that exactly means. That's a, that's amazing. I think it's sometimes when we just speak really intuitively, like it's amazing what comes out of our mouth. I, I am a weaver. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, you kind of look at, you kind of like genuflect on yourself, like, oh, right. I am. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. What's, uh, you know, what's the project you've done that you're the most proud of? Um, well, um, I, uh, uh, that's hard for me to answer. Uh, the most proud of, I'm really okay, proud of the lately. <laughs> what's your favorite lately. one lately? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm really proud of the class that I made. Um, but, but that's a very different thing than, uh, a weaving project. Um, yeah. Yeah. and I, there's a few pieces I've made in the last few years that are, um, they're really complicated structure wise. And I've, um, I've, I've looked at it and I've really tried to figure out how to do it on a big loom. And I, I don't think I can actually. So, um, just to go to the point of what you can do on such a simple loom. So I'm, I'm proud of that, um, structure that I've created weaving structure. Um, and there's one piece in particular that I did that I was trying to, um, make a design that showed the something about the spiritual path that I've been on lately, which is this um, fascination with shadow integration. And so I made this series of images in the weaving and to kind of show the, um, the merging of, of shadow and light. And um, I'm, I'm really proud of that one. Cause I think of, I just think it, it merged my insides with my outsides in a way. And it's the, I think I'm going to do it again because it's not exactly as successful as I want, but I'm, I'm, I'm proud of the imagery and I'm proud of, of, you know, just the story that it tells. So. Yeah. I, I, that's why I love creativity so much, no matter what medium you, you use that it gives you that outlet to really dive into you know, weaving the story together, so to speak, or, uh, you know, sometimes I start writing and I, I don't even really realize what I want to say, or I pick up my camera and I don't even know what I'm trying to say, or, you know, I sew something together. And then suddenly it's so clear, like mm-hmm. how I was feeling or why I wanted to cover for that or <laughs> whatever I'm making. Um, it, it just sort of creating those sacred tools and, and those sacred tapestries for ourselves essentially. I think there's a lot of power in that. And uh, it's not really stuff you can speak about. I, there's no English words for it, in my opinion, but there's, it's just, there's something really deep and um, incredibly meaningful. And, and when I do the projects like that, I find myself weeping over them because they're just so, uh, so, so, so deep and so, uh, meaningful to you. Yeah. You know, as you say that, I don't know if, I don't think I've ever really had this thought before, but it, it just makes me feel like what you're talking about when you just, you don't exactly know what you're about to create, but it comes out. I feel like that's, that's the weaver archetype coming through. Like it's, it's like, we're creating the world as we speak, you know? And if you're willing to take that crazy step, 
to just create something, even though your mind can't grasp what it is you're about to do. It's, it's, it's an incredibly powerful thing, you know? Yeah. And, and it's also a way that I I've really learned that we move through conditioning. We move through shadow work. We move through our self-doubt really, because when you start a creative project, I don't know about you, but mine have never turned out exactly how I thought they were going to turn out. They always turn out like just great, but they don't turn out that idea I had in my head to start. It never ends up looking exactly like that. There's always, you know, the project takes you where the project takes you. So um, I think that's part of it. And I think when we live in a world where, you know, things have to be very black and white and in steps, creativity is really uh, creating this work as an act of rebellion because you're saying, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I know that I need to get to my loom. I know I need to get to my piece of paper. I know I need to get to my sewing machine or whatever creative medium you use. And I need to create something. And it takes, um, it's not confidence, but it takes a little bit of bravado to even sit down and start into that, especially when you don't know what it's going to be. Yeah, I I love so many things that you just said. Um, (laughs) And I love how you how you said that that it's an act of rebellion. And it's not necessarily confidence. I agree with that. It's it's um, it's something else. It's it's more like faith, maybe or hope. Um, Yeah. But But it depends on how you're feeling. Like sometimes it's mm -hmm. trust, right? Like you're trusting something cool is going to come out (laughs) onto that canvas. Right. Or maybe you're just willing to have it not come out good, you know, because sometimes it doesn't. (laughs) No, sometimes it's, you know, sometimes you're, you know, I know sometimes in my studio, like I've gone to paint a cheerful canvas and I've started with black. You know, I wasn't expecting that, you know, (laughs) and it turned out and it was almost, it was almost ugly, but yet it wasn't, Mm -hmm. that was, Mm -hmm. that was anger. And that's what it looked like, you know, but I think it's to, to be able to step into the process, uh, even if what came out wasn't that joyful, happy little canvas that you thought you were making, um, that's a, that's an incredible process of self-trust, right. And and of creating the kind of world. And I love that right now, especially when we're in very unknown times where we're all kind of going day by day. Um, I think right now, like uh, creativity is what's keeping me level here. Uh, I've created more in the past thing in the past several months, physical stuff, than I ever have created before. Um, just to keep my balance, I think. Um, yeah, that it's something I've been coming to terms with just in this last year is that um, there's a need to be creative. And um, like you said, it's an act of rebellion because you can't necessarily explain it why, or at least I can't. Um, and, but it, it is incredibly important for me to feel like I'm a person. I have to be making things. And um, that's all I really have to say about that. It's just, it's, it's real, you know? <laughs> I, lo- and, um, I love how I- you say, I need to be making things. That's totally what it is. Like, that's the best mm-hmm. summary of it. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And 
And do you, and so when you're helping, like I would assume being a weaving teacher, but you can correct me if I'm wrong, that, you know, some of your students are learning that about themselves, are they not? That they need to be making things too? Or what brings them into the loom in the classes? Like what do they, what do they say has drawn them in? Hmm. Well, I would say that the vast majority of the students I've taught, and definitely not all of them, but the vast majority are um, retired women or women who are about to retire. And um, I think my perception has been, and again, I'm not talking about all the people I've taught, but it just speaks to something. These, I feel like there's just so many people who have had their job, they've lived their life, and now they're at the place where they can do what they want to do. And that's when they come to weaving. And, um, so cause it's, it's a, it's a weird thing. If you're trying to weave to make money, you know, it's a slow process. It's a, it's very time consuming. It's, you know, it's expensive if you're going to, um, well, it doesn't have to be expensive, but if you're, if you're going to use really good materials that are pre-made, um, it can be expensive and it's, it's just, it's, a. so, um, you know, that that's why I think a lot of people are just sort of born with this gene. It's like these people have been waiting for decades to get to this point where they can (laughs) sit down at a loom and take the hours it takes to do this work. Um, so um, that's amazing. You know, that's not, <laughs> that is not what I thought you were going to say, but that mm. makes so much sense. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm really interested in this idea of like, I was reading some stuff lately as I do, and they were talking about that a lot of, uh, you know, craft or artisan things from women, especially um, when we create things they are consumed, you know, or they are things like when you weave together a little bit of uh, fabric or, you know, some grasses, you know, it's not something that's going to like last centuries, right? Like it's very um, compostable, so to speak, type of stuff. You know, when we cute, when we cook a beautiful dinner for our families, we then put it on the table and everybody eats, right? Um, so when you were talking about like some scraps of weaving had been found, but not much, that makes a lot of sense. Um, because, you know, we, we've probably woven, you know, amazing blankets for our children and (laughs) dolls, you know, like all that kind of stuff that, that did, you know, kind of go back to the earth essentially. Um, but, you know, I think that, the fact that we're still using the ancient technology, you're still making an incredible intricate things with it on so-called simple looms speaks to the spirit of it is still alive and well in a lot of ways. So it's kind of funny what has lasted then, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it's like, why has this lasted? We don't need it machines can weave our clothes for us. Um, and yet we do, you know, and that, that's just what I see in the people, men and women that I have taught and that I've met. Um, they, they just need to do it. 
and they've they're drawn to it and um I can't say why that is, but to me, it just seems obvious that since humans have been doing this for so long and it's only recently that we didn't have to, it's just, it, it makes us, it connects us back into the ancient parts of our history and our ancestry. And, you know, if you have trouble finding a connection to your ancestors, weaving is a great entry point because even if you don't know of any artists or weavers in your family, there was one back there somewhere. It's, you know, it's that <laughs> old. You, you have a weaver in your family somewhere, you know? Oh, I love that. I love mm. thinking that there's a, a weaver ancestor in my, in my family some, somewhere. That's just feels incredibly yummy. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. 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 It does to me too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you know, we're, we're creating the, we're creating the new world here in a lot of ways. Right. And so, um, you know, I think about how we're weaving that together too, because I think we really are, uh, and you know, <laughs> we're, there's crazy elections going on. There's tons of things happening in the world. There's murder hornets. Like the world is not exactly on an even keel right now. Uh, in any, you know, in any part of it. Um, and so I don't know about you, but those are the times where I do reach for things that are simple. You know, I do reach for my, my hiking stick to go out into the forest. I do reach for, you know, just cuddling my children on the couch. Like I reach for things that are are simple and uh, affordable, obviously, and also um, that are deeply and richly meaningful. Um, so, it, so I think there is going to be even more of a resurgence towards art forms and craft forms like this, right? With that, I, I think so. I, yeah, I mean, I think people are, like you say, with everything. I mean, right now, as we're talking, it's six days before the American yeah. election, which is probably <laughs> the most important election in American history. So for me, you know, I, I can't speak to how you Canadians are feeling about it, but for me, it's it's incredibly intense. And um, uh, we've had, in my family, we've had to stop watching the news because it's just too, um, you can just spin, your mind will spin out, at least mine, my mind will spin out and um, get stuck in a fear, you know, loop. And so, yeah, we need to come back in and find the things that will ground us and make us feel whole. And whatever that is, for a lot of us, it's art, you know, and if you feel the, feel the need to do it, I, I think you really should, whatever it is, if you're going to write or paint or weave or, um, cause it, like you said, creating can be an act of rebellion and we need to create this world anew. We need to trust that inner need to make things because that's how we're going to make sure the world is better as yeah. it's rebuilt. Yeah. I think it's a real call to pick up your tools again, or find out what your tools are if you don't know and, yeah. and start in on that. And I also want to say, like, I don't know about you as a fellow creative person, but um, my tools are many, <laughs> you know, like I, I do many different forms and I have tried many different forms to figure out 
you know, which ones I enjoy the most. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, for me, it's a constant, um, mm, I want to say struggle at it. You know, I try not to be in my struggles. Dance. I try to just enjoy, <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, it's, um, it, it is, it's like, what do I do this one or that one? And, um, I, yeah. And for some of us, it's really clear that we have this one main focus and other people not, but I don't, I don't know that that matters. I think it's not, um, it's almost like being too caught up in what it is you're doing. If you don't know what you want to do is, is the wrong struggle. You know, it's, it's not about what you make. It's not about how good it is. It's just that you listen to yourself and that you take the risks and go out and do something. Yeah. Uh, I have many mediums that I enjoy, uh, and I flip between them depending on the day. And, uh, and I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters what medium you pick up, but what I have learned is you do have to pick one up and and start in, even if you don't know what it's going to be, or you're, you know, like, I, I feel like sometimes I have like creative oblivion where, I, I know I'm going to do this project and I pick up things at the thrift store, you know, recycled material to use. And I'm not even sure how it's going to come together, but I just know these are the right pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then really staying with the process to allow it to come together. And I think sometimes that's the hardest step is sort of just literally giving yourself the time to like work in it and work through it. Um, yeah, it's challenging. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but every time I've created a meaningful piece of art, there's always a piece, there's that time piece, but there's always some other hump in there where I almost <laughs> give up yes. almost every yeah. time. And, um, getting over that hump is, is there's something really powerful there. Cause that's kind of the, to me, that's like, the ego, the, the party that does not want to grow, just wants to keep everything the way it is. Um, it just I wants you to just give up, you know, I actually, my husband's working on a project right now. And how I explained that one to him this morning was I said, like, you're 85% of the way there. And this is like the last hill you got to get over to be like standing at the top. It's completed. I'm happy uh, of the project. And I said, so I know you're like, angsty and you know, you know you're crabby and you're not like you know because it hasn't quite gelled the way you want it to and that's okay because mm-hmm. that's part of the process too but I just think that uh not everybody talks about that like we all you know share on our Instagram is this perfect picture of it's done um, but I'm really interested lately in artists who also show you um the process, like here, here's me, oh shit, this went wrong or, you know, the, but just kind of like bring us in a little bit more on that. It didn't go a straight A to Z, you know, it yeah. was sort of this curving meandering labyrinth of a project. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I feel like Instagram is, and all social media is for me, it's changing the way I present myself to the world because I've always had a thing about, I don't like to show things until they're done, not just because I want to look perfect, but because there's a certain um, magic I feel like you can't get to if you're talking about things before you finish them. You know, to me, I just, I lose the thread if I've explained it away before I've actually done it. So, but there's something like 
to be brave enough to show those process photos and think, talk about the thoughts I'm having as I'm creating a thing there, there's a fine line there between talking about what I want to happen and talking about what is happening and killing it somewhere along the way, you know, but I, I think it's, a, it's a powerful step to take, I, you know, for humans to be able to show, show that somehow without, um, without curating it so much that it's not even really art anymore. Yeah. It, it, there's, and I don't think even if you just show every single step of it, uh, I, you know, having been a blogger who literally does that, right. Like, um, I still didn't show you the parts that I messed up. Like <laughs> I'm still only giving you a really clean version of yeah. like how this process actually went. And, and for me, I've started thinking about it as like, uh, if I was having coffee with my friend at the coffee store and they asked me how this project was going or this piece of work I was working on was going, whatever I would say to that person that I trust and admire, uh, that is what I should post. Like, it's not this homogenized, you know, here's my pretty thing at the end process. And, and that, uh, you walking with so many people through that in their businesses and in their art has been really fascinating for me because, um, we all have, we all know the curves that we get ourselves into, you know, the hump before it's done and how we react to that and really knowing your own creative process and being comfortable with it. Um, even when it's messy, I think is uh, true strength, honestly, as an artist. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Um, it, you have to be uh, brave and um, goes back to that confidence word. It's not so much confidence as it is um, knowing what's real, you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love this conversation. Um, I really enjoyed being able to connect with you in this way. And I just want to tell people how they can get more of your offerings and, you know, take you on as an amazing leader in weaving. Um, so you can find all of Kim's great works on her website at KimberlyHamill.com. Thanks a lot for coming and having this conversation about creativity and weaving on the podcast. I really enjoyed having it with you. Thank you, Holly. Thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode useful, I double dog dare you to send it to a friend.